Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Happy New Year! Hi, I'm Jackie Cation. You're listening to The Dork Forest. It is available on all of the websites, and including iTunes and Stitcher and YouTube. And if you go to dorkforest.com or jackiecation.com, you'll find links to all of it. And then I have another podcast with Lori Kilmartin just about stand-up comedy. But this is The Dork Forest, and it's January 2020, so Happy New Year, and feel free to start donating again. That's right. Donations went off last year, and I don't blame you, but uh, think of me. And PayPal will let you do it monthly if you want, but I understand if you don't want, because monthly is um, is its own commitment. But the people who do do it monthly, ha I said do-do. Uh, I totally appreciate that. But there is also going to be new merch. I'm phasing out one of the uh, Dork Forest t-shirts. I think it's the black one. It might be the green one. The green one's almost completely out of stock, so I think it might be the Dork Forest one itself. But uh, feel free to try and order stuff so that I can get those two new shirts on the website, because right now the merch page is a bit crowded, shall we say. By the way, my website is done by Vilmos. You know that. The song that was just sang was composed by Mike Rickberg. He'll sing his version of the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. And Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio and has been doing it for low these many years. And I genuinely appreciate that about him uh, so much. The new shirts are going to be a shirt with a bunch of my dad's sayings and a drawing of his face uh, on uh, that Jenny Fine did. And Jenny Fine, of course, was the uh, artist who did the Meat Shield t-shirt. And she also did the art for the Horcrux album and DVD. You can get all of uh, my old merch still at JackieCation.com. And the new merch, feel free to email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com. And we'll figure it out, is what I'm saying. Um, I'm going to record a new album in 2020, but I don't know where or when. Uh, feel free to come and watch me work on the new hour at JackieCation.com. has all of my tour dates and at JackieCation on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. There's also a Dork Forest Ranger page that you can get into. Donations, PayPal, Venmo, do whatever you need to do. But I'm very appreciative of everybody's support over the last 13 years. Let's get into some dorkdoms, shall we? Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I am in my living room. Long time, uh, you haven't been on the show in forever, J. Keith Van Stratton. How you doing? Uh, oh, it's me. Hi. Yes, uh, I, I'm very well. Thank you. Awesome. So you, this is awesome. I uh, um, Last time you were on, I think we did talk about Bats Maru. That sounds like me. Okay, yeah. and then I found that weird clock that took me six. Yes, to that was so you. sweet. Yes, yeah. I think you took me to lunch one day, and you you kept saying I've I've had this uh, uh, for six years, and you right gave because it to me. I found a thing. I was like, I don't know anybody else is into this thing, That's but look very, at this thing. It was very sweet. Oh. I uh, I try to confine all of my Batsmaru items to the bathroom. Okay, or the bathroom. The bathroom. Yes. You guys, I'm here with J. Keith Van Stratton, and what you got to know is I have done his podcast, yes. which is Go Fact Yourself, and GoFactYourPod.com, and Go Fact Your Pod on Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm. is is the whole thing. Yeah. And um, that was a pun, and it made me laugh, and it made me want to tell people again your name. Oh, that's very kind. So, uh, <laughs> and and our, uh, the listener the might, be, might be interested in knowing that I, I have my Batsmaru water bottle with me right oh, now. Oh, there you do. Yes, I've, right. I've, I'm nothing if not consistent. I think that was probably, I think you were saying 13 years ago when I when I phoned in and, <laughs> and uh, talked about Batsmaru, and uh, it's one of the few consistent things in my life. Right. Well, at least it's still there for you. It is. It and, is. Uh, and I still do not understand why. I don't, I don't even, <laughs> it's adorable, but yeah. it doesn't feel like it's... Um, Oh, so I was starting to say, so I have your Batsmaru clock that you gave me in the Batsmaroom or right. the Bathmaroom right. uh, on, on the windowsill. That's the thing there. Which is nice because who doesn't want to know what time it is Yeah, when when, when they're on the toilet or, or, or doing a thing? And if you're not sure, there's six other different clocks that I have as well. That are all Batsmaru. That are all Batsmaru. <laughs> but I did not have the one that you gave me. And I, I don't think I'd even seen it. So I was really grateful for oh, that. Oh, that is awesome. Uh, I Okay, so go fact your your pod. Yes. Go fact yourself. Go fact um, yourself, yes. I was on it. Yes, it was so, and so great. you 
you made it possible for Mark Wade to come on this program. Oh, that's so great. Because uh, he was the expert. Yeah. Tell the people what Go Fact Your Pod is. Sure. Well, so it's funny. There's, there's a little bit of crossover in kind of what we, what, it's what dork- we do here it, with it this. It is yeah. dorkdoms. Yeah. Yeah. So what we do is we have two celebrity guests. Uh, in advance, they give us three to five topics that they know a lot about that's not in their field of work. So whatever their dorkdom is yeah. often. And um, we narrow it down to three so they know it's going to be one of three topics in advance. And then they don't find out until they're on the show which one of those topics that we're going to give them a trivia quiz about. And then at the end of the trivia quiz, we bring on an actual expert in that field to come on and surprise them and tell them the answers and then nerd out with them about their topic. John Bowie? Bowie? John, oh, uh, John Ross Bowie, yeah. Ross Bowie. He was the other guest. Oh, that's right, yes. And his was something like the 1982 Mets. 1986 Mets, World 1986 Mets, 1986 yes. Mets. Mm-hmm. And he, he went first. Mm-hmm. He, he answered many questions correctly. Mm-hmm. And then it got to the big question at the end. Yes. And um, he got it wrong. And, the, and your expert... Was the guy that he was talking yes, about? Yes, yes. As, as often as possible, we like to get either someone who made or participated in whatever the thing whatever, that was very e- exactly, or, or someone who has written extensively about it. Preferably somebody with a doctor before his or her name. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. And uh, so, so in his this, case, yeah, one of in his, his case, it was the pitcher yes, from the nineteen eighty six. Matt's World Series, yeah. Right. So one of, one of it, our our the, the quiz ends with our difficult three part question that we call our cluster fact. Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> probably going to giggle at yes. Sure. Uh, and so it, uh, I don't remember his exact question, but one of the answers was Bobby Ojeda, who pitched in that famous Game Six. On the the World Series. question was, is who was the pitcher? It was. Uh, yeah, it was it like was, a relief pitcher. There were, it was three pitcher. It was. I think the question was what three pitchers. I think like what pitcher started the game, what pitcher finished the game, That's it. and what pitcher I think maybe was credited with the win, something like that. Yeah. And uh, Bobby Ojeda was the one who had started the game, and Bobby Ojeda was very kind to join us by uh, Skype. Uh, that right. Night. And he almost lost his mind. Yeah. And so when he almost lost his mind, I was like. Well, who the hell are they going to bring out for <laughs> right. me? Because your three topics, you remember? I know, I know one of them Mar- obviously was Marvel comic books, right? The- and then I don't remember what the other two were, but Marvel's the one that we went with, right? It might have been Hacky Sack. We don't know. Uh- <laughs> There's an, if only there were some sort of archive of this uh, <laughs> audio recording that we did, <laughs> right? So if they go to Go Factor Pod, yeah, uh, the, you'll uh, you'll find the old episodes, yep. and uh, and then Mark Wade came on, and mm-hmm. his dorkdom was Superman, mm-hmm. and he, I got to learn more about Superman because. I love Superman. Sure. And um, it turns out he loves Superman more. And it was fantastic. <laughs> anyway. Great. So what I, what the list I got from you, mm-hmm. which is a list essentially of dorkdoms. Okay. And um, I don't even know what the, this musical is. Oh, okay. Great. What is that? Well. What, it's called Next to Normal. Next to Normal. So, well, uh, uh, because we've been doing the show for a couple of years, go fact yourself. People are always asking me, well, what would your three topics be if oh, you were right, a right. guest? And so those were, I think, three of the topics that I gave you were those. And one of them is the musical Next to Normal. So it's uh, it was a Broadway musical that I believe premiered in 2011. Okay. Uh, it won the Pulitzer Prize. You might be thinking, I didn't. Oh, excuse me. Pulitzer Prize. Uh, you might be thinking, I didn't know there was a Pulitzer Prize for musicals. There is not. It won the Pulitzer for drama. Oh. Uh, so it is a not Dramatic a Dramatic musical. musical. Yes, it is not a musical comedy. It's a musical drama. And uh, it was written by uh, Brian Yorkie and Tom Kitt. And it starred Alice Ripley, who won a Tony for her role. Uh, and what? it is about a it is about a family dealing with the mother's mental illness. And uh, so, you know, a musical. A musical? Uh, yeah. yeah. The song and dance. Yeah. Uh, it, and and uh, f- it, I've seen it. So I saw it on Broadway, I would say maybe four or five times. I saw it when it... Uh, do you need to pause? No, no. Okay. No, you're good. Okay. I'm just checking levels just to make sure it doesn't awesome. get too hot. Sure. It doesn't get hot. Yes. Well, anyway. I, I imagine you have to do that a lot because people start getting very animated and excited right, talking right. about the thing that they love. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I saw it, uh, I think I said four or five times when it was on Broadway, and then... And uh, its first national tour started in Los Angeles and played for about a month at the Amundsen. And I saw it another four or five times there. And I would try to bring everybody that I knew in L.A. to come see this thing. And then when I started accepting, you know what, I freaking love this thing. I I need... I need to go with my go with my instinct to uh, experience it more. Uh, I flew to Toronto for the final night of the tour, uh, and then Holy a smokes. couple years later, I found out that they were doing in uh, in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Uh, it had become a huge hit 
uh, the, right. the, they didn't just they didn't just translate it; they adapted it for for Buenos Aires. And apparently, uh, th- uh, mental, talking about mental health and therapy is a really big thing there. Like it's not wow. there's no stigma about going to to therapy there. So it was a huge hit. So uh, they put on a series of concerts over three nights, where uh, the original Buenos Aires Argentina cast joined. The members of the original Broadway cast. Oh wow! So I flew myself down to Buenos Aires <laughs> and I went to all three that, nights. Oh my God, that is a dorkdom indeed. Yes. And so there's a tiny little coda to this. Yeah. Which, is, which, is, which, if I may, uh, on the on. Oh my God, you may. The, okay, great. Uh, so the day after the last show, uh, I'm at the airport and I'm in line to do immigration. And as we're snaking through this line, and I'm going one way, I realize coming the other way was Alice Ripley, the star of the show. Oh, my gosh. She was flying back to New York, and I had to make this decision of, am I going to say something? And right. I had thought about maybe writing a piece about about the show for, for various outlets. I'd done some freelance writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, do I approach her as a fan? Do I approach her as a, you know, as a journalist? Do I approach her right. as, you know, hey, I'm a performer, too, and, you know, whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> Don't do that third. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's, lesson learned. Good choice. That, that's, how, that's how you and I first met, and it was very awkward. Um, <laughs> and I eventually, and, and so I was, I, I kind of bailed on it a little bit. And then when we were uh, in the terminal after we after we gone through security, we kind of crossed paths, and I found myself saying, "Excuse me, Miss Ripley, I just have to say, yeah, I yeah. went to all three shows, blah blah blah." Um, and and she was so gracious. She she was like, "You you came here just to from see the America? show, yeah, from America, <laughs> yeah." So I came from Los Angeles, and you know, and uh, and she was gracious enough to sit with me for about uh, fifteen minutes, and we did an interview that I recorded, and I ended up writing that up, oh, and writing that's writing a piece, yeah, I ended up writing a piece for a website called TDF Stages, which is probably still up. Um, TDF, like yes. the Dork Forest. Oh, interesting, interesting. TDF I, Stages, which TDF is the Theater Development Fund, which Got d- it. runs the TKTS booth in New York and encourages mm-hmm. d- does a lot of work encouraging. Uh, TDF is a big deal. Tour de France oh. every year. People are like, Tour de France, are you? Yeah. Anyway, and I was like, no, it's the Dork Force. It's the Go Dork ahead. Force. Excuse me. Well, the other TDF <laughs> or the other, other TDF. Exactly. Uh, is this. Anyway, so, and then a couple years after that, uh, my friend, of, <laughs> one of my best friends ended up becoming the editor of TDF Stages, which is their, right. uh, where they write about theater and asked if I wanted to interview Alice Ripley about this other show that she was doing. So I got to talk with her again for a, for a half hour. And did she remember you? She claimed to remember me. She was right. Very, it was, it was pretty clear that she had Googled me in the Uber on the way there. Fair enough. Uh, because we also had somehow become Facebook friends over the years. Oh, wow. Because part of my obsession with Next to Normal was it, it coincided with Facebook kind of becoming a thing. Yeah. So I just friended everybody in the cast and, Three of, them, of them. three of them accepted, <laughs> one of right. whom was Alice Ripley. So that was 2011. So yeah. that all yeah. started in 2011. Exactly. Wow. And then also, I will go see any regional production of it that I can. So uh, I've I've gone to Simi Valley. I have gone. Oh, very nice. I have gone to. Um, uh, oh, I'm blanking on the name. What's the one that's sort of near Anaheim and there's a performing arts center that's sort of near Disneyland. Buena Park? No, I've not. Uh, and it's got um, kind of a weird name. Cerita, not Cerita. Anyway, I, I've, I've gone to uh, at least three or four regional productions in Southern California. Wow. And I'm probably, I guess, uh, in late January, they're doing, I think, a concert version of it uh, in Washington, D.C. that I will probably go to. Um, tickets go on sale in a couple of weeks. I'll see if I'll get them. I'll see if the flights work out. But I will probably do that because it's going to star a couple current Broadway stars. Okay. So the, Am the, I talking really fast? Or is it just no, no <laughs> okay. I, I think you think I'm going to interrupt you, and I'm so not going to. <laughs> but I've been there, we are so in the I forest. get it. We are we in are, the dark this forest. This is dark, 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 dark. Yeah. And so what I have to say, though, is yeah. here's my first question. The soundtrack... Uh, you mean the original cast recording? Right. Which I have in uh, English, Italian, and German. Interesting. And the original cast sings on all three? No, no, no. no so the, well, the original are... Broadway cast sings on the, right. the, the on Broadway the original version. Broadway right. version. Then the Italian cast sings made theirs. The, the Italian one. And then there was a German cast that, that did theirs. That did the German one, yes. And the Argentinian one? Do you have the Buenos that Aires? That one, I don't. It's funny. I, I, I meant to follow up on that because when I was in Buenos Aires, I met a couple journalists and all that, and I asked them. They, they said they had not they had not made one so i don't know if they've made one since it's a good reminder to follow up on that okay and then the other question is um so you have three versions of casts from three different countries correct do you also have other versions of yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) did you you get all the merch i got some i in retrospect, I wish I had bought more merch. I, I rarely buy souvenirs at Broadway shows. I was going to ask you about I merch, have, but as soon as you said I do it. have two pretty cool things. I okay. think, again, cool being a very relative term. Oh, right, right. It's scenario. very much so. Uh, when it was in L.A., 
again, this really coincided with my just sort of trying to just accepting this is what I love. And if I'm if if, yeah. if I can find things to help celebrate, I'm going to do it. So you probably know living in L.A., anytime there's a show, a big show at the Amundsen or any of the, the Pantages or whatnot uh, on lampposts on either side of a lamppost, they'll put up these banners. Uh, for them that are that are sort of heavy duty vinyl things that you'll see hundreds of them all over the city, so I asked, I, I started inquiring where, what are they going to do with these banners once the right. uh, the show uh, run ends? Mm-hmm. And I was able to track down the guy who had a box of banners <laughs> in a <laughs> trailer a in a trailer a couple blocks from the theater, and I bought a uh, wow. I bought a pair of the banners, and they're enormous. I mean, they're they're. Taller than I am. Are they as tall as like a wall? They're. Are they? they well, I suppose they have to be. Because yeah. they're. I would, on I would guess at least five feet. At least five okay. feet tall and maybe uh, two feet wide or whatnot. And uh, I hired a handyman to hang them on the ceiling. And I have this long hallway in my apartment. And they've like been up there. Tapestries. Yes. I didn't. I, I did never. I didn't think of that word. But yes, exactly. Like tapestries. Oh my god! So they're they're hung at the ends. <laughs> you know, there's there's poles that sort of go in a pocket right. on the top and the bottom. And they yeah, they drape down like tapestries. They are the tapestries of my life. Wow. And that's uh, amazing. Are they the only ones you have so far? They are the only ones I have so far. What's kind of funny about it is, is a most people don't notice it because I have a pretty pretty long it's a hallway and tall ceiling. ceiling. Tall yeah. Ceiling. Not, yeah, it's pretty, I wouldn't say vaulted, but it's pretty tall. Um, but also, it's kind of funny because when you look at it, if you don't know what <laughs> it is. Vaulted ceilings belong in mansions, yes. which is also another word no one uses. <laughs> How's your mansion treating you? Well, it's okay. It's like you don't have these vaulted ceilings. Yeah. Anyway, go. Uh, but because they were meant to be put uh, in pairs uh, left and right as opposed to where I have them like top and bottom. Oh, yeah. It's set, instead of like if you'd read it left or right, it would obviously say next to normal. Like, within, oh, right. But now it, now it just says like. Ninor and Tumal or something oh, like right, that. Oh, right, because they create one image, <laughs> yes. kind of, when they're sitting When they're side by other. side, it's one image. But, but when you, you have them in a row. I have them in a row, so yes. it also looks a little weird, but I I do not mind at all. If you had a giant wall right. that you could get them framed together, right. which would have to be, what, a, a 15-foot by five foot thing, something like that. Yeah, yeah. just a cross. I mean, I probably could do it in this long hallway, but you wouldn't see, you wouldn't be, be able, able to read it at all. Yeah, yeah. Also, I didn't want it to dominate the, the home that much, <laughs> more spiritually than than visually. Right, right. You're just like, look how cool yes. these are. The other thing I have, yes. uh, is I went to one. I went to a performance uh, when it was on Broadway um, with the replacement cast, but I think it must have been uh, every year. Uh, all the Broadway shows make an announcement at the end of the show and raise money for Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. And so okay. they, they'll often have the cast or other crew you know, with buckets at the exits where you can donate stuff. But then they'll also have special signed merchandise and all that. Oh, right. There's a pivotal moment. I won't, I won't spoil it, but there's a pivotal moment in the show where uh, there is a music box that gets broken. Okay. And uh, they were selling a piece of the music box autographed by the people who threw the music box that caused it to break. Wow. Uh, so they, they break a music box, I said. They, every show. Every, every show, show they have to break a music box. Okay. So it's sort of like getting a baseball. Uh, yeah. They go <laughs> well, through, it doesn't. They go through baseballs. Yes. Yeah. No, it doesn't <laughs> go, go out into the crowd, though. I didn't, right, I didn't catch it. Right. Not usually. Yeah. That would be, that would be quite a ricochet. <laughs> they, do, they do break it toward the, you know, toward the back of the uh, stage. Yeah. It's probably great. You yeah. don't want to put out an eye. Yeah. Um, and uh, I bought got, that. Okay. So it right, it's been in a box. I keep meaning to like find some lucite thing to put it in and put it on the wall because you know God knows you wouldn't want that to to age, <laughs> lose its right, value. Right, you're gonna want to put that in the thing. Yeah. I uh, really thought you were gonna pick a t-shirt or maybe a hat, <laughs> or maybe a hat or a program or <laughs> something. I didn't think it was gonna be uh, I mean, actual why, prop. You know, I like something more practical, <laughs> like you, a fragment right. of a wood box that's signed in metallic. Sharpie. Yeah. Yeah. By Jason Donnelly. <laughs> that is uh, relatively, that is fascinating. Um, I have to say that, um, is it ever going to be a movie though? There were rumors at the time that Rob Reiner was was circling around it to try to make a movie of it. Oh, um, really? But that's I've never read anything on the internet since then, and that was that was you know just just a rumor, right? Uh, and I, it, what I, a I don't know if its moment has yeah yeah I don't know if its moment has passed as far as people being as excited about it as they were then. The, the, well, there's the few, a lot the few of mental were. right. There's a lot of mental health chitter chat. Yeah. Uh, and it, and and, and, it's and a big in deal. musicals, I, I it's funny. I've seen a lot of shows since then that I really think owe a debt to it. 
uh, as far okay. as the kind of as far as the themes and the content. I just I was just in New York last week and I went to one of the previews of Jagged Little Pill, okay, which is a musical with Alanis Morissette's music. Wow, and uh, the the orchest the the orchestrations and the arrangements were done by Tom Kitt, who did next to normal. Okay. Um, so it also won a Tony Ford's orchestration. See that, that yeah. kind of was his specialty before he started being known as a composer. He did stuff with, uh, well, anyway, a whole, whole bunch of other shows. He did, uh, uh, Shrek the musical and he did bring it <laughs> on and stuff. Oh, like okay. That. Yeah. So yeah. So he's been working in musical theater for some time. Exactly. And, um, and so it definitely owed, owed, owed a lot to it in terms of the style of the music. Cause I, you know, it's going to have an influence because of, of who the artist is, but also in terms of the themes, like it was about a family and it had a, a strong leading woman who was dealing with, you know, addiction and how the family dealt with it. And, you know, Dear Evan Hansen, which is another one of my favorite shows uh, that came I, a few years after, right. also has similar, similar kinds of themes. And I, I think it really kind of opened the door for both that kind of musical style on Broadway, like hard, hard driving pop-ish rock songs. Yeah. Uh, but also dealing with, dealing with darkness and with drama and with surprises. There are a couple, there, as I started to see it more and more, a few of my favorite moments were always my observing when the audience realized there are a couple, there, like there's two couple or three big, big twists. Reveals. Yeah. yeah okay. Two or three big twists. And, uh, seeing, seeing how that happened and how the audience understood it or not. And right. since then I've, again, I'm not claiming they invented, you know, the crazy twist, no. but, but I, I've definitely seen one similar to that since then, including in Dear Evan Hansen. Okay, and here's my, uh, before we get into Dear Evan Hansen, sure. so the name of this thing, by the way, is... Uh, Next to Normal. Next to Normal, mm -hmm. and um, are there any hits, like One Night in Bangkok? Anything, <laughs> <laughs> anything come out? Uh, I don't think, I mean, it definitely had hits in terms of Broadway and in terms of, like, I'm sure there's been a million... Uh, women who've auditioned with "I Miss oh. the Mountains" and <laughs> "Oh, I Miss the Mountains." Yeah, that was the that was the that was uh, the the big sort of tort song. To okay. Come out of it. Um, and uh, I've seen you know again I go into the I'll go into these YouTube deep dives looking for looking for stuff and you covers are not and alone. Yeah, it turns out. And so I've seen um, a, the 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 finale song is called "Light," and I've seen some like high school courses do that as a, sort I, of a finale. What I want to know is, is Pentatonic yes. about to put out a Christmas movie, a Christmas yeah. song version. I, um, I mean, there definitely are a couple songs that I think Pentatonics could do because they're very talented. Yes. But I don't, but no, nothing nothing holiday related. Okay. And, and nothing that's coming to mind that might have hit the radio uh, that people no, might have. No, okay. I don't think anything even, anything even close. But it, it, but there, there have been a few songs that are, that are have become, I wouldn't say exactly standards in sort of like the, the cabaret um, circles, you know, yeah, circles. But you know, definitely stuff that that you've seen uh, covered. Um, but talking about the YouTube thing, I think one of the one of the the coolest things for me is uh, like I'm definitely like one of my biggest pet peeves is someone using their phone during a show, especially okay. on especially on Broadway. Oh wow! Like, I, it drives oh, me in the audience. Yeah, it drives me freaking bananas. Like right. someone, you know, taking they don't have those yonder things text. yet. Uh, it's funny. I, did, I went to five shows last week in in uh, New York, and only one show had the yonder thing. You um, went to five shows last week. You might be a theater dork, J.K. Fenster. Maybe I should have been more broad. <laughs> I do. I, I do what did you the see theater. last week? Okay, I was in New York for Thanksgiving week. Sure. Uh, Your sister's there, right? My sister is there. Yeah, yes, nice. And some cousins and uh, some good friends. Some family. So let's see. Monday night we saw Freestyle Love Supreme. That's okay. The the, the um, Lin Manuel Miranda was involved with that way before Hamilton. Okay, uh, it's it's hip hop improv games. Okay, like that. he was not in this show, but he's involved in that. Sure. Tuesday night saw uh, there's a new musical version of Moulin Rouge. Oh wow! Uh, that I saw Wednesday afternoon. Uh, <laughs> we saw one of my other topics. I think I don't know if you if if you have it on your list was uh, Darren Brown, who's a, a British mentalist uh, magician mind reader that I've been obsessed with for over a decade. Okay, we can do a deep dive on him as well. Yeah, what was that show like? Uh, I, it was my third time seeing it. Um, and oh, and it and it and it. Oh, that is interesting yes. to see a hypnotist, mentalist, yeah. Yeah. Um, illusionist. Exactly. And it's the it same show, right? Yes, it's a, it's it's a well, two-hour show. I saw it off Broadway. I think once, and then I've seen it on Broadway th uh, three times, and it has a lot of. It, it's sort of a greatest hits. He's a huge. He's hugely well known in the UK, but but this was his first uh, Broadway show. And when I saw it off Broadway two years ago, that was his first time performing in the US. Okay. Um, but it had it had elements of shows he'd done before. So I had I'd actually seen a lot of the. 
I don't think they call them bits for if you're a magician, but right. I've seen a lot of the oh, you, but, uh, tr- tricks before. Okay, and they were maybe they're bits, mm-hmm. but but he, so he is a he's British yes. or he's U- from the UK, yep. and he is um, uh, an illusionist m- mentalist. What's yeah, the difference? He, well, uh, he calls himself a, I think a psychological illusionist. So he uses. So what, what's great about him, among many things, is that um, he, he's 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 one of the magicians who's more of a debunker than a you know illusion kind of a oh, thing. Okay. So he he he's very clear that he does not have psychic powers. He likes exposing the you know he he oh, he's, the mechanics he's very, of it. Kind yeah, of well he he's upfront about saying like these are the tricks that some people might use and claim they're psychic. I'm mm-hmm. not psychic. I'm just good at. I'm just uh, good at what I do, and I, you know he uses he uses sleight of hand and psychology and suggestion to oh, okay. get to get people to do stuff. So it's very I would I wouldn't say it's highbrow, but it's very it's very smart and very practical. But it's but just as theater, it really works because it's also just really well written. The things, the ideas that he plants in the first act pay off in the second act. Things that he things that seem like an accident, you realize weren't an accident later on. So it's okay. just very well. Well structured, and, uh, and he and reveals that. that during the course of the show. Yeah, and then it's not you like got pen, to it's, see it exactly. So many it's not like exactly. Too. So the more times you see it, the more you realize, ah, okay, that's how it. Like that, that, that was a written line that appeared to be, you know, his mind reading and all that. So, right. so when I when I say it's a mind reading act, I I, I don't. When I describe it now, I have, after I think I figured out how he does yeah. the, the bulk of what he does. Uh, but the thing I like about him is that when I. When I've figured out, again, pretty sure, and I have some, I have some magician friends, as I'm sure it does not surprise you. Sure. Um, when they <laughs> confirm that, yes, that's probably how he does stuff, it makes me like the act more and want to see it even more. Because right. you realize how good he is as an actor. Because if you're not actually reading minds, yeah. but you need people to think you're reading minds, yeah. you've got to be a really good actor. You've got to have great timing. You've got to right. be able to pretend to struggle to do something. You've got to, you've got to know when to, when to pretend to make a mistake on something so that you can make it correct later. Oh, interesting. So all that stuff. I just appreciate his showmanship so much. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and and I think he's one of the. I just I really believe he's one of the great entertainers, just in terms of how, how quick witted he is and how he. And this was an afternoon stage. show. Yeah. So it was a, it was the Wednesday matinee. It's a you know regular All Broadway ages. run. Okay. Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah Fanny Did Broadway show. Okay. Uh, Wednesday night saw Hamilton. Thursday saw Jagged Little Pill. Okay. Uh, so oh, you saw Hamilton? Yes. The um. The musical, the, the other, the other more recent Pulitzer Prize winning drama. Right, right. Musical. Which was uh, interesting that that's, I suppose it is a drama. Yeah. It isn't a comedy. No. Uh, though there were some pretty good laugh yeah. lines. In same, it. same with Next to Normal. It's there's some very, very funny lines, but it's also about you know electroshock right. therapy and suicide and. All oh, that interesting. Kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, um, yeah. So I was going to ask about Dear Evan Hansen. Sure. Which I bought the soundtrack to that because a friend Original of mine. Original cast album, yeah. Yeah. Someone, someone said that it was it was excellent. Yes. And I was listening to it, and I wish to be corrected. Okay. Because I'm listening to it, and I'm trying to think about what the show is because I listened to Hamilton before I mm-hmm. saw it. Yeah. And um, I think that might have been a mistake uh, because I think I would have been completely and utterly just blown away mm-hmm. even. But I went, I was so blown away when I listened to it mm-hmm. that I almost put the damn thing together with YouTube videos, mm-hmm. uh, just different interviews. But Hamilton has a lot of the story that's sung. So I think that helps. I think you can, you can follow most of Hamilton without oh, right, just, it's just, more just like from an the opera. cast album. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, I was with some friends who had not, seen it and and we had had a long road trip and i we played all of the the cast album of hamilton and there were maybe only two or three times where i had to say oh what you don't know is this is you know it was really mainly more about the staging like this is happening at the same time as as this thing and all yeah and whereas evan hansen the wedding and the the rewind would have to be the only one that would have to be explained to some extent yeah yeah uh and um, you know, and, and and some of you know, sort of the slow motion bullet and you yeah, know, that, yeah. that kind of stuff that's more visual. But it, it that's really easy to follow because there there's so much that there that's narrated. I mean, a lot of a lot. Aaron Burr pretty much is the narrator of the show, and a lot of what he's doing yeah. is, is narration as he's in these songs. And it's pretty linear. Yeah, so it's exactly. Yeah, and it's great. Uh, but Dear Evan Hansen, it, it's funny because I usually don't listen to the cast album before I'll see a show, but for some reason that one just kind of attracted me, and so I was listening to it. And, and yeah, it was. You can figure out a couple things. Be, yeah, uh, but uh, like. For instance, Waving Through a Window, which is, you know, the the hit song from the show, I didn't realize until I saw clips of it, was actually about 
connecting to people through our devices that you know the window uh, that the, the window had to do that you know with the screen oh. uh, the screen on your phone and your computer and all well, that. Well, yeah, I I have no I had no idea that that's what because I haven't seen it. That's that's my interpretation. Which right. Is, let's face it, probably correct. Probably. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yes, probably. And you, how many have you seen to Evan Hansen? I have. Yes, on stage. Okay. Yes. So um, I would love to again, but man, those tickets are expensive. Are they H- Hamilton? I got. I, I did standing room tickets because I know somebody who worked on it who like got us these cheap standing tickets at the back. Yeah, I, I, I got. I need to, and I need. And he did actually work. The same guy actually did work on Evan Hansen, but I, I don't think they get uh, the cheapies for that yet. Oh, I got. Um, I this is a very lucky thing happened. Mm-hmm. There, uh, someone who was a fan of the Jackie and Laurie show, mm-hmm. the other podcast I do, oh, yeah, um, very familiar, said that um, their roommate worked on Hamilton, mm-hmm. and if I wanted house tickets, I could get uh, really good mm-hmm. seats for face value, mm-hmm. which I think were one hundred and sixty-seven dollars oh, a piece, and it was sixth row jeez. in the middle. And I was like, it was an entirely different experience than the season I, I gotta, tickets for I the Pantages. The friend I know on the, that well, show. I don't even know. I, but I mean, I've I've probably seen four plays mm-hmm. in my life. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, Jackie. <laughs> right. I saw chess once. Okay. Anyway, you do keep bringing and, it up. <laughs> I will. I will keep bringing it up. And uh, but the the Dear Evan Hansen, I would like to see it just because it felt like uh, just a story of like an entitled white kid. Yeah. Who. Uh, just makes a terrible decision, mm-hmm. and then yeah, um, but there's a reckoning for it too. I don't know. Yeah, it but definitely. I, I will. I will say this. I think. I think <clears throat> the the music is really the the attraction, you know, of the show. I think that the the and the performance of Ben Platt. Okay. When, when he was in, it. I'd be curious because I was fortunate enough to see it with the original cast, and I'd be yeah. curious to see it again uh, with a replacement cast be, uh, to to see sort of what. You know how important the changes that was, and what holds stuff. Up. Yeah, absolutely. Right, because I I never saw. I had friends who saw um, Hamilton at mm-hmm. the public, and then again on Broadway, mm-hmm. and I never saw. And I I never saw the with the original cast. Mm-hmm. I saw the L.A. cast, mm-hmm. and then I saw the the New York cast about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, and weirdly enough, the New York cast. Not that the L.A. cast wasn't wonderful, mm-hmm. but the New York cast was kind of better. Yeah, well, that's that's their A team. I mean, is it you know? Because you would think that that people would want to play in Los Angeles to get in oh. front of casting people for television. Oh, I but I think it's a I different think world. I think theater is a kind of a different world where yeah. they're like, no, no, you want to play New York, right? That's the cool thing. So, yeah, yeah, you think okay. I think so. No, I, I don't know if it's their choice or not. I know I do know that Rory O'Malley, uh, who played King George, okay. uh, in in L.A. was j- just did L.A. and didn't do the rest of the tour. And and he was I think he was one of the very first people to play King George on Broadway, uh, as well. But he happened to live here, and and you know they oh, asked right. him they asked him like if he wanted to come in and do it. But the rest of it I think was just the touring cast. Oh, okay. So it wasn't the L.A. cast. It was the it was one of the touring. Oh, casts. it was the touring cast. Yes. Okay. Well, fair enough. Yeah. It's, whereas um, Chicago had its own resident company. Uh, that I think is about wrapping up uh, now, but Chicago had its own Hamilton uh, cast as well. Oh, okay, was there? Uh, do they do they split them into sort of coasts or There's, like an East Coast tour so and I, a West Coast? I don't think it was coast, but there were two. Okay, at some. <laughs> and this isn't even my one of my topics, but right. I, be- I believe but if I have you know, to know things. There was the Broadway cast. Mm-hmm. There was the Chicago cast. There was. Uh, two different touring casts. I think one was called like the Peggy tour and one was called the Eliza tour or something like that. Okay. And then the London cast. Oh, wow. Because it's, it's playing there, you know, long term as well. Yeah. That is fascinating because yeah. I know that it played in San Francisco as well. Yes. That was, the, I be, if I'm not, I could be mistaken, but I believe the tour, the tour started in San Francisco for a long time. Then LA then went on, you know, it's, it's merry way. And then went on its merry way. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now to go back to um, Next to Normal, Mm -hmm. it is, it's a story of, so it has some funny parts to it, sort of like Hamilton and Evan and, yes, yeah, where where it's a drama, but it's, 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 you know, a lot of dark humor, which is Okay, because it's a family drama about mental illness. Right. Okay, so. um, But it doesn't have funny songs. Yeah. I'm trying to think if that's correct. One of the things, the reasons I love the show as well is as I started getting into it and going down this YouTube rabbit yeah. hole we were talking about is I would find, oh, that's what I was trying to say. Yes. So I hate people with cameras at theater and all that, yeah. but I'm so grateful that somebody bootlegged <laughs> these early productions of it because you got to see some of the changes that it made. There were, there were songs that were cut from when it started off Broadway and then okay. um, when, it, when it went to Washington and then when, it, when, then when it came back. And one of the songs that they cut... 
cut was this uh, song called Costco. It was about her having sort of a nervous breakdown in Costco. And that, that was, uh, it was dark, but it was also comedic about, you know, all the wonders of Costco and, you know, right. you can imagine the and nervous breakdown Costco there. what Costco was like. Yeah, exactly. And, th- you know, that was one of the, the sort of kill your darlings moments when they had to, when they finally cut it. But what I'm amazed is everything that I've read about for how it changed before it got to Broadway and everything that got cut seemed to be the exact correct decision. Oh, really? And so, and, and one of the things I respect about the show is that it actually, it, it had a really, uh, a very unconventional path to Broadway is that it started off Broadway. Uh, and then, and then it went out of town because they realized they needed to do more work. So then it went to Washington. Okay. Then it workshopped there and then it came to Broadway. It literally was at a theater that was, you know, across 8th Avenue from, from where it ended up playing, you know, a few blocks away. Okay. Um, but they, but they realized that, that something wasn't quite right. And so it, they and took it to, is it, when you say Washington, is that DC? DC, yeah. 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 There's a place called, there, called the Arena Stage, which I think might be where they're doing this concert version in, uh, uh, January. Um, but yeah, and they workshopped it there and they ended up, uh, you know, making, making these different cuts, including that song. And, uh, and do they do the song when it's just a concert version sometimes or, uh, like when you were in, when in Argentina, no, that's a yeah. good question. No, they didn't. I thought that would have been a good opportunity, but again, it's become like, you can find, you know, very well-meaning cabaret singers doing yeah. it on YouTube and <laughs> right. stuff like that. It's a, you know, it's a great song okay. and, it, and it's something, um, I'm not as familiar with it as I am with the other songs, but I believe it's something that can stand alone, you know, as a song. Like well, I was just remarking when I, uh, when I just saw Hamilton again, that one of the things I love about Hamilton so much is that as great as the music is, none of them really can exist outside the show. Cause everything in the song, everything in all of the songs refers to, you know, some Ham- to Hamilton or yeah, to some event or some character right. uh, in the show. I will which say, I really respect it in a, in a, in a musical. Right, but the, the I think the mixtape uh, version right. of Hamilton, exactly. like the Dear Theodosia, Theodosia, Theodosia yeah. there's two different versions of it mm-hmm. on the mixtape, mm-hmm. and they're both very sweet, mm-hmm. and it and it kind of. Um, I mean, it is out of context, and right. it doesn't really make a lot of sense, except right. for that it's also very sweet right, exactly. about parenting or whatever. Right. No, of course. And, and there's plenty of pop songs that mention you know people's names, obviously. Right. But, yeah. right. It, it, it can hold up. Yeah. And But I like... Um, so when you see a concert of the music mm-hmm. in Buenos Aires, mm-hmm. they're not doing the play. They're no. literally just doing the music from from the show. Exactly. Okay. There, there, there were. There's one, maybe two songs that they they put a little dialogue in to the, the, to set it up, or where the, there's a little dialogue, you know, in the middle of the song, and they kept that or anything. You know. Okay. But you know, they didn't do they didn't do scenes. They didn't have a set. They didn't do scenes. Right. Um. It was it was a concert, and it was a great it was a, it was a, it was a great mix of the Argentinian and uh, right. I want to go to the next dorkdom that you have, but I kind of have more theater questions. Is that okay? Okay. So what in the last, so you clearly, when you go back Mm -hmm. east to visit Mm -hmm. and, um, and do you see theater here in Los Angeles? I try to. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to do a lot more because, because I've always said that I think LA, it's not considered a theater town. I I think it has, it has as many good things as any other city. You just, you have to seek it out more. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't just go to one one place and have your choice of you know right, right, five hundred seat theaters. Yeah, and it's um, so. Have you seen much good theater here that you can think of offhand? Uh, or? Let me think for a second. Uh, m- most of the stuff that's coming to mind are things that started in New York. You know, oh, okay, and and came here. But um, I'm I'm sure that I'm sure that I have. There was a really nice, per, very small theater production of. Um, so there's another musical called Falsettos mm-hmm. that was at the Amundsen uh, earlier this year, and uh, I didn't. And I'd seen the. I think the one of the original Broadway productions, or might have been the no, the original Broadway production, which I think was in the late '80s or '90s. And it turned out that there was a prequel to it that I didn't know about that it was written by the same composer. Oh, so wow. there was this tiny theater company on Santa Monica Boulevard that was doing uh, a production of it, and that was really that was really nice to see. And and I don't think it had been. It either had not been produced at all, or at least not produced on the West Coast in you know however many years. Okay, Andy took me to see uh, a Marlowe. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? Philip. Christopher. Christopher. Christopher Marlowe, uh, production of. Uh, it's called. God dang it! Uh, I, I forget what it was, but Where it was, was it? done in Klingon. 
Oh, oh and I'm out. sure, yeah, you're out. <laughs> TikTok, see ya. Don't let the door hit you. But it was I. I he was, he had accidentally seen it in a fringe. It was a very tiny, mm-hmm. black box theater, obviously, right? And it was, but it was an original Marlo, Christopher Marlowe play hmm. that had been changed, had been Star Trek. Did you follow it? And Did you follow it? I could follow Do you it. Speak Klingon. Uh, they only sang a little bit in Klingon. Oh. It was mostly in English, ah, okay. which I uh, appreciated. Uh, <laughs> but it was incredibly like they did these weird. I mean, the stage production of it was so fascinating in the way that there were there were battles mm-hmm. and there were also space battles. <laughs> and they did these space battles <laughs> with this tiny theater with these wonderful props mm-hmm. Of spaceships and then people dressed entirely in black just to move them around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the choreography was gorgeous, quite yeah. honestly, in this tiny theater. And um, it was Wait, unique. so one of the four plays that you've seen was uh, a Klingon musical <laughs> version of a Marlowe story. Uh, you might, yeah, I think and you're right. The um, other one was chess. Right, it was chess. So half of your theater-going experience <laughs> almost can be broken down. I don't know if it was four, okay. because we did to see Hamilton at the. Oh, okay, uh, that's we a third. that to, makes up for a lot. We had to go to, um, we had to get season tickets mm-hmm. um, wherever it played over in Hollywood. The, the Pantages, yeah, the Pantages, and so we went to several of those. I missed. A couple of them because I was on the road. Mm-hmm. He brought friends, but um, I was accidentally here for uh, <laughs> bo- the Bodyguard, the oh, musical boy. version of the Bodyguard. See, you can't. Okay. It was trouble. Yeah, um, I know that they met well, yeah. and uh, <laughs> so I left it at that. It's so weird how they keep doing musical adaptations of movies when so few of them are are huge huge hits like the disney ones obviously but i was just thinking i was talking about that with my my theater friend in in new york about because i I went and saw tootsie which was they did a broadway version of which was terrible even though it won a couple tonys oh really and i was just thinking like well it was just so like they made it present day and like it's like which is it doesn't really yeah which is even more problematic i don't know if you've seen it recently yeah the movie yeah i have not i remember loving it but yeah yeah it probably doesn't hold up as Parts oh. of it don't, yeah. <laughs> specifically, yeah. but so, a lot of it does, yeah. but most uh, parts of it glaringly yeah. don't. Yeah. yeah, and you would think that they might address that yes. <laughs> in, in an, some way. In an updated version. Yeah, and all they do is they have one character say, like, do you realize that you're doing this while women are trying to get jobs, blah, 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 and like, it gets the applause line, and then they just move on. Um, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, because... Uh, uh, yeah, like with the bodyguard and you know Groundhog Day was it was, was right. How was that? I've not seen. I did not see that. I did listen to the cast album and I did not like it at all. But that was a that was a, an enormous hit in London. Right. And they brought it to to New York with I think the same director and the same lead and completely bombed. Okay. Because um, it was supposed to be uh, wonderful. Yeah. I heard that oh. it was super fun, and I was, and people was were that, like, did you, you hear that from go. your British friends? <laughs> I did not hear that yeah. from my British friends. Um, I heard it. But I think it was how great it was in in the UK. Maybe that was and it. Then, the weird thing, though, speaking of movie musicals, the guy, the lead in that, a guy named Andy Carl. So he was the lead in the musical version of Groundhog Day. He was in the musical version of Rocky. He was in the musical version of Pretty Woman. Oh, wow. He was in the musical version. There was like two others. Like he was like your, your go-to guy. guy for. He's that. He's. Yeah, um, I think wow. I have those right. I might, I might have one of those wrong. But we did we did a whole little true or false round about that in, uh, <laughs> on, on Go Fact Yourself. And, oh, that's hilarious. By the way, I am talking with Jake Keith Van oh, Stratton. that's me. That's you. And it's uh, at Go Fact pod go, go fact, fact your, your pod, pod. Yeah. go fact your pod mm-hmm. at go fact your mm-hmm. and it is um yeah i but so are you like when you go so you go to new york probably mm-hmm. maybe three or four times yep. a year right mm-hmm. and you try to go see a lot of shows when oh, yeah. you're there absolutely right because you're a theater yeah. dork i love yeah. it i love yeah. it what do you, uh, what would you? Rec- I also enjoy a bargain, so right. I try to. Uh, <laughs> right, so you try to get a deal. Exactly. And are you um, looking forward to anything that's that you haven't gotten to see or that's upcoming? Uh, 
I haven't gotten to see Slave Play, which I hear great things about. That's what a, is a that? play. I, d- I don't know, and I don't want to know. Okay, it's one of it's it's supposed to be shocking and and uncomfortable and involves race and stuff, and and I'm dying to see that. So I didn't get to see that this time. Okay, um, there. Uh, so you'll see regular plays, oh, too, yeah, not yeah, just yeah. musicals. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, that that's weird. Yeah, this t- this it it was unusual that that everything was musical except for the magic show. Right. This time, which was magic. Which was magic. Yeah. Um, and then Freestyle Love Supreme. It's not a musical, but has music in it. Yeah. Obviously. Um. Obviously. Uh, the Music Man is going to be coming to Broadway with uh, Hugh Jackman. Really? And um, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, and I think it's Kelly O'Hara. Um, and uh, who's a big Broadway? Uh, yeah. Fit, big Broadway star. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I'm trying to think what else. What I missed that I didn't. Is there get anybody? Was it like Carol like Channing see, still doing stuff? Like oh, into her nineties, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that there was like there's people who've been doing theater for. Uh, and if they don't do theater, they'll do a cabaret show. I went and saw Kitty Carlisle in, oh, really? in New York, and in, in, and she must have been ninety five. And she's she's they they prop her up on the stool, and she's kind of just leaning forward <laughs> on this lectern, and she has her entire act just writ, uh, printed out on these laminated cards in a binder, and she just goes through and reads it, and then every once in a while sings a song. Okay, and it was delightful because it was <laughs> it was freaking Kitty Carlisle because it was Kitty Carlisle, yeah. and we all win. Yeah, when you get to see. Um, I once saw, well, this is a theater thing. Mm-hmm. I went to what is now the Gary Marshall Theater. Mm-hmm. But when he was alive, it was called something else. The Falcon. The Falcon. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw... Uh, Happy Days the Musical. Quincy is oh. a doctor. No, he's not a doctor. He's more of a policeman he's who cuts a people up. He's a medical examiner. Right. Jack what, Klugman. Jack Klugman. Mm-hmm. I saw the one-man show of Jack Klugman. Oh, how was that? And it was fascinating. Okay. He did two hours. Wow. Or he did two 45-minute spots. The first one, he was very dapper, mm-hmm. dressed up. And he spoke of, um, he just sort of talked about old Hollywood and, mm-hmm. and had old Hollywood stories. We went on a little intermission. We come back. He, I think he took his teeth out. Um, <laughs> and he's wearing like a sweater and some sweatpants. And he's just like, I'm going to tell you about retirement. Mm. And then we got to hear about his sort of retirement life. That's very and cute. I don't think he took his teeth out, but it felt <laughs> like he had. And, uh, but it was uh, it was actually fascinating. And, you know, you're just like, oh, it's Jack Klugman. Yeah. So I win. That's and um, that was a theater moment, I guess. <laughs> and uh, I'll say, but I, I love the, I, I, I love the music band, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, I would love to see. I, I just downloaded um, and have it on my phone so I can throw it to any Chromecast. I happen to be around uh, Victor Victoria, mm. which is, you know, just a very soothing, very funny mm-hmm. Um, movie that I I enjoy. Just I've a, not seen that since it came out, but they they, they did a Broadway version of that uh, as well. Oh, did they? Mm-hmm. It's a, I I would actually like to see the history of that because there's um I don't know anyone's name offhand. Everything is a sieve. Blake Edwards. Uh, no. Julie Andrews. The other one, Rockford. Mm. Oh, uh, James Garner. James Garner. So uh, so when Rockford uh, is <laughs> yes. is in the back, uh, from what I, I prefer to think of him as uh, as Murphy from Murphy's Romance. <laughs> oh, do you? <laughs> a, a, a movie that I've seen about twenty five times just because it was always on whatever. Oh, when a cable? barely pay cable we had. Oh yeah, yeah, deep cable. There was like there was a, a couple of years when they played yep. the same thirteen. Featuring a young Corey Haim. <laughs> Did you ever see Beastmaster? Not my style. All all of the comedians in the in the eighties and nineties would always talk about Beastmaster mm. on cable, and I never had cable. Uh, there was a short lived time when I had cable. I think it was the first three years I lived here mm-hmm. in this house. We had digital, some sort of. Mm-hmm. We think we we had dish. We mm-hmm. had some sort of dish because it's still on the roof. And they wouldn't <laughs> they take just it. abandoned it. Yeah, they don't take it. You're like, we're canceling this. We're like, well, we're gonna leave we're gonna leave that you throw that out for us. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Um but I um the thing about yeah, the thing I wanna see more more theater. So what should I see? I should see the music man, I should see Uh well, I mean, are you going to New York anytime soon or you're just looking for general in general shows to see while you're while you're around? Well I'm I'll prob- I was hoping to go to- I was hoping to go in February. Yeah. Um end of February. I but- mean I would if you haven't seen Dear Evan Hansen and yeah. and you liked uh, some of the music, mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend that. Uh Trying to think, I don't, I don't know what's long running. That uh, I mean, you've already seen Hamilton, so that's uh, that's a leg up, right? Um, 
I'm not sure what else I'll be playing then. But also, you know, people have different tastes. I go to, you know, a lot of times I go to a show with my my theater friend there, who, who's a theater writer, and um, you know, we're we're great friends, and yet often strenuously disagree about the oh, quality about of whatever you've yeah. whatever you've dragged each other yeah. to. No, usually, and, usually it's her dragging me, but she, yeah, it's a free ticket. Usually I'm her plus one to something. So that's, oh yeah, so that is hard. a it's hard to complain, and yet I find a way. <laughs> How do you do it, Keith? How oh, do you it's do it? Volume. <laughs> it's just all the commitment. Yeah. So okay. Well, here I got plenty of time. I just, just I, I just I got, we're, we're, we've got two episodes of our uh, podcast on Sunday, and we are still needing an expert for one of them. So I'm all right. Checking, well, I'm checking the phone. God knows to see if anyone has be- has come out of the woodwork as they, an expert. They have not. They have and not. Huey Lewis passed. That was the last message that I got. Oh, Huey well. Lewis is out. So. Huey Lewis, uh, uh, I used to ask you, how do you get these people yeah. to even respond to find out that they're passing? And you're yeah. like, well, you just ask them. Yeah. And I was like, mm, no, I know there's more to it, but uh, <laughs> but I I don't uh, I don't have it in me to corner you. And- what I didn't know was how I did it before Google. Because you know, I've been I've been booking celebrities to do my free shows, right, <laughs> for, for a like, thousand yeah. years. And um, you know, this is and and these were shows like it's one thing to to uh, show up for a small audience like we we off, we sometimes have. It's one thing to show up for, for a small <laughs> audience that we once in a while have. Yeah. For Go Factors, just knowing that oh well, thousands of people are going to listen to it later on a podcast. But right. when I was doing these shows just for a live theater audience, that was it. it you know, we that was we, the whole plan. Yeah, like it, you know, so we we got all these amazing celebrities to show up I in a ninety-nine had, seat theater for free. Was that Mort before Saul? the internet? I don't even, yeah, we had Mort. Saul. No, no, we, no. Mort Saul was the one we never got. We had okay. Shelley Berman. Maybe you're thinking of might or, have been Shelley Berman. Who I I did your show and yeah. it was it was like a Shelley Berman Mort Saul kind of era comic okay and i genuinely think that they believed they were on television oh and uh because he was old yeah he was he was pretty old and he uh, it definitely is confusing to some people right and Plus our you nightmare were also mugging yeah like you would mug with a book yeah. and play towards like a, a fake camera oh that was when I, yeah, with the talk show when I yeah did the, yeah i started mm-hmm. before i did uh this this show that I start first started by doing a live talk show with celebrities and comedians and, and musicians and I'm sure I had you on a couple times as yep, well. Yep. And then I did a live stage version of What's My Line, which right. is uh, the old TV game show, and I think you, we had you on the panel once for that as well. Right. And then I did a dating show called The Fix Up Show and, uh, and you, now this. Yeah, you've had me. Uh, I will come in front of a, a 99 person theater at any time. We're we're always sure. hap- always happy <laughs> to have always you. happy to. But on the yeah on the talk show that was part of one of the one of the running jokes that we had is that we. We knew we were in a 99 seat theater, but it was definitely a TV format. So every once right. in a while, if someone had to book to plug, I would go, "Okay, can we get that? Is it camera one? Camera <laughs> yeah. two? One, yeah. two, mm-hmm. that kind of thing." So yeah. So I and I think you did. Well, I wonder who you were. I wonder what older person you were on with, because we did have, we did have, we, we we tried to be very very clear to anyone right. who's doing the show. Try not this to is live not any sort of a lie. Yeah, this yeah. is not on. You know, we we don't want anyone to show up and feel betrayed or anything. Yeah. And uh, when we were doing what's my line one night. For some reason, we got Larry King mm-hmm. to come and be our mystery guest, <laughs> and he came. He came in. I, I Jim Newman, my longtime collaborator on, on most of these shows, uh, told me the story that he came in backstage, uh, and was like, "Where are the cameras?" And was oh, not joking. Was not kidding. And, and like we, we, we he, he said like did he, he leave? He had the, well, he had the feeling that he was like one synapse away from just turning around and getting back in his limo and, oh. and, and going. But fortunately, we had. Um, Jane Meadows, not Jane Meadows. Uh, no, yeah, Jane Meadows, who was uh, Steve Allen's uh, widower. Okay, widow, widow. Um, was on the was on the panel, and and um, and Larry and, King and, was Rip like... Taylor, and Rip Taylor also, who just oh god, just passed. And so, so I think he, he recognized like, oh, okay, this yeah, exactly. Like yeah. if they're if they're gonna show up, I can wait another fifteen minutes to go and surprise my friends and all yeah. that. So that was that was pretty great. Yeah, I just went to Rip Taylor's memorial uh, a couple weeks ago, right before I went to New York. Oh, it was uh, I couldn't stay there that long because we had shows that night, but it was really uh, man, what a career. Right. If I could remember any of it, that'd be great. Oh. <laughs> uh, so my problem with, uh, I just recorded that episode yesterday about M- Mariah Carey. Oh, yeah. And you would think I am exactly the correct age to give a shit mm-hmm. about Mariah Carey. <laughs> and I sadly do not. Yeah. Uh, but I love the idea that someone else does. Yeah. And so we we dorked about that for a good hour. You know what, there's... There's too many things. Like, there's too much to know. There's too many things. And so, like, and the nine I, I don't things think that a, I like yeah. are, I guess, the nine things that I like. And right. then I like to hear about other things yeah. that other people like. So, there is a Broadway musical called Title of Show 
It's a longer, a longer story to explain, but I'd be happy to. Please. Um, but in, in the, so, okay. Well, I originally saw it off Broadway. It was actually very inspiring. It kind of inspired me to move to New York when I did for a few years and to what uh, year was do that? some other shows. That, gosh, that would have been 2006. Okay. Um, and I play, I saw it off Broadway and, it, and it's a show starring the people who wrote the show about them writing this show. <laughs> and that is gutsy stuff. It's great. It's so great. So they call each other the real names. And then, you know, in the por- in the process of developing the show, they bring in a couple friends to, you know, try out the music and then they play themselves and they do song. <laughs> it, it, it's really, it's incredibly clever. And it ended up going to, to Broadway which was kind of ironic because most of the show was about like, wouldn't it be amazing if we ever did the show on Broadway and here's what we would do differently. And we'd have a jeweled chair, you know, all this kind right. of stuff and, and a million inside jokes for music theater fans that I probably got about 10% of. Right. Um, and, and you would have thought you would have got even more. Uh, so no, I've, I've, you know, I do well for a straight guy, but yeah. I'm, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. It's 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 not enough. <laughs> there's a lot of Broadway history, and there's I mean, a lot to know. I yeah, suppose. exactly. Yeah. Um, but one of the one of the songs that they do uh, is called Nine People's Favorite Thing," and the line is, "I'd rather be nine people's favorite thing than a hundred people's ninth favorite thing." Oh wow, that is that, and that of, of that kind of sums up. The well, door it's kind of funny yeah. that you said nine things. Nine like things. That, that's the yeah. exact number. Yeah, it 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 is true, and I would like to, I would love to see that because yeah, that's really cute. Is, sometimes things that are super meta mm-hmm. are annoying, but right. that feels like it's so self aware. Yeah, that and I wouldn't get. I would get even like one or two percent yeah. of the jokes, and I would, well, but I would just be so pleased. Yeah, to their credit, they, a lot of a lot of the jokes are slipped in, and like there's one song that's just. Uh, you know, a, a marathon Just a of reference. It literally is a guy going through his old playbills okay. of of sh- of real shows that were flops. Yeah, and so they have the actual playbills, and and you know, for the people in the crowd who remember something or you know, a reminder. Oh, that's them, fantastic! It, it, it's it's got to be like porn. Yeah, yeah. Know, for, for, for people who love who lo- know and love Broadway and have no one to talk about, like, right, right. Can you believe this show that died? You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> why would why wouldn't that have been a thing? Yeah, um, that's hilarious. What what do you have? Is there a show that did not do well that you loved? Oh, that's that a great you can question. Think of? Um, there Mine were... is chess. It okay. turns out. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. There's ones that I thought would have done better. Maybe mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite shows is called Passing Strange, and it had a, it had a healthy run on Broadway, and it won it won some awards and. Okay. Uh, the best thing about it is that is that for their per- final performance, Spike Lee actually made like a movie version of it that was uh, shown on PBS, and you can find it, I think, on YouTube or whatever you get stuff. Pass- and it what, was just did he write passing it strange. No, he just was a fan of. Okay, uh, I, I'm actually I don't know. I'm assuming that he was a fan of it, um, but no, it's about. Uh, it, it was written by and and stars and is a is an autobiographical about uh, this musical artist named Stu S T E W, um, who's had a long long career as a singer songwriter and. Uh, uh, when when I saw it on Broadway, I I I, I, it, I I absorbed some of it. I didn't. There was some of it I didn't kind of quite get. But then see, I, I I watch it probably three or four times a year. Uh, oh, on, on PBS. Yeah. On, no. On you know I, I think it's on YouTube and I put okay. it on YouTube and yeah, yeah. and I uh, get something out of it every time. And that that's one that like I like it it did get some recognition. Obviously, you know it got it got enough for Spike Lee and for PBS to to, to care to, to care about it. Yeah, and I think it got some nominations. But it didn't blow up. No, you know, it didn't. Like... It didn't blow up, and it might be because uh, it kind of. It, although there have been productions since that didn't have the guy in it, mm-hmm. um, I think it, it's it see it's hard to imagine how they would have pulled it off because it's so personal, autobiographical, and so much of its power comes from him as the real guy confronting the character that someone is playing of him, you know, right. this, this younger version and him, him, you know, tell, telling his younger self how things are and then, you know, being argued against and all oh, that kind right. of stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty certain that that would be hard to have that same impact with a, a, a substitute. Oh yeah, I bet. But I, did, I, I was surprised because for, for how good the music and how energetic and how original and how personal and how, how artistic yet still, fun and funky and weird it was i was surprised that that didn't get a bigger a bigger following well that's interesting that makes me kind of want to want to see it mm-hmm. it's a what is this it's just autobiographical yeah about it's about how stew? yeah so it is <laughs> it is so he's he's uh, african-american and he grew up in la and it's about his experience 
being like a lot of time being the black guy. Like there's a whole song called the black one oh, right. and about him discovering himself as an artist, but only when he went to Europe and about how, what, it, what, what it's like to be a black man in Europe versus, you know, his own home. Right. Um, and then dealing with, you know, his, with his mom. Uh, so there's a family angle. Yeah. There's a family angle. There's him discovering, you know, it's, it's coming of age in a lot of ways, but it's yeah. coming of age in terms of how he, how he sees himself with, uh, with his art and mm -hmm. with his mom and with, you know, being uh, with women and, uh, but also just the music is just really good. And, and, um, uh, it, it's, it's a lot more of people singing at each other than singing just to the crowd, right. which, which I, I just, I love that kind of stuff also. Oh, really? So, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. like it. I like it a lot more where, you know, the songs really serve, I mean, as is more the traditional American musical style, like the yeah. songs serve the character and, you know. Right. They're expressing... actually explaining something. To exactly. Each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the traditional sort of the, the hallmarks of, of good quality American musical theater is that the character ends up somewhere after the song that they weren't right beforehand. And that also this idea that, um, what I have to express can, cannot just be in words that I have to use this music to express this thing, yeah. which I understand is a big adjustment for a lot of people, you know? <laughs> right. Some people, I mean, that's yeah. literally the thing that they hate. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, but I remember as a kid um, being sort of introduced to musicals mm -hmm. and my stepmother saying that one of the things when she was a child was how disappointed that people did not communicate with music <laughs> more often. <laughs> We can try it. It was. Yeah. She was just like. I think she would come out of like musicals, and she's yeah. like, "I need us to break into song. Yeah. I need us to dance. <laughs> That's adorable. I want there to be. Uh, this how is how we communicate. Yeah. I yes. I uh, I, I actually have been have recently realized that my stepmother. Her, one of her favorite movies was The Sound of Music, mm -hmm. which means that me and my siblings must have been the greatest disappointment to her <laughs> because she took over. Because like, you're Maria. Nazis. No. Well, because we were we were not just troubled, yeah. you know, children looking for love. Yeah. We were feral. So uh, <laughs> she, it was hard. There was no. She curtains. thought she could tame you, right? Domesticate I, exactly. you exactly, wow. <laughs> and she did a pretty damn good job. But I think that she was hoping for something in the hour and a half uh, turnaround time. So she was slightly She's out like, of luck. I've got my eleven o'clock number ready to go. Exactly. I was hoping that we would all bike together. Or we'd everyone get a bike, and because uh, <laughs> uh, she sang a great deal, mm. and it was. Um, but and I do. I, you know, sometimes when I see a, a play, mm -hmm. I will, plays are so different than, than theater, than seeing a movie. Mm -hmm. And it's, it feels like, it feels much more real mm -hmm. to some extent, especially when they're well done. Yeah. You're like, oh my God. And then like, especially if someone is murdered yeah. or if there's. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, especially if they're crying or if they're singing, but no, murdered. <laughs> murdered or yeah. if they're crying. Yeah. You're just like, I am. Because even seeing it on television, yeah. I am made uncomfortable <laughs> by tension. So, uh, which, by the way, is the definition of good, of good, uh, of art. Yeah. <laughs> There's a great deal of tension. Yeah. Well, I, I go to theater to feel something, and that's you know, I, I've I've learned to kind of trust. Like, hey, if I if I if if I need to feel something again, or if I'm attracted to the idea of going to feel something, to to be able to. You know, let myself have that deep dive into you know the YouTube clips, or to go to go see something over. And oh, over. okay. But that was you know that that when people you know ask me sometimes you know what do you love so much about Next to Normal? I can you know there's things I can say about like oh I relate to this character or this plot line or you know I like the songs and all that and all that's true. But you know at the at the end of the day, as they say in the business, mm -hmm. um, it really is just that it makes me feel something. And uh, so, you know, a lot of times when I would when I would go to see it with people or when I would post on Facebook to you know, inviting people, I was like. Who wants to sit next to me and watch me cry? <laughs> you know. Exactly. Well, yeah, and, and fair enough, though. I mean, because sometimes it's almost impossible just to cry about real life. Mm. And so if you can go see a piece of art or a mm -hmm. piece of work, that'll make you have... I, I read um, some quickly written romance mm. novels that'll have me just sobbing. Oh, that's that was one of your other topics. I remember that you reminded me. Oh, that was what it was. Were, I think yeah. it was romance novels. Yes, it was yeah. romance novels. And so I will, I will read, you know, romance writers have to, they, to make a living, mm -hmm. they have to publish about four books a year. Mm. And they're all 300 pages. And you could say they're the same plot, but they aren't. Mm -hmm. And you have to create this, this... World or... The, right. There's, there's... 
there's new scenes and there's new dramas and there's and you're and you're also I think in in their case, right? They're obviously they're they're writers and they're artists of mm-hmm. their own kind and um and they want it to be good mm-hmm. and to crank out that kind of um there's a there's a a woman a woman writer who almost always makes me cry. Though I think she's had to crank them out a little too quick cuz the last two I was like, mm, now it's I'm just unmoved. a sniffle. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I get it. I might go reread yeah. the first couple if yes. I want to have a nice cry. And uh it's but the the emotion that has to sort of be you know w- when you become an adult, mm-hmm. you know, and you, not artificially created, but mm-hmm. but there's just there's not enough places to just cry in yeah. our lives. Yeah. I think that's true. In LA, we have our cars. That's an old Maria Bamford joke. Yeah. Uh, in New York, there's nowhere to cry. Yeah. You have to buy a special hat. Is <laughs> the joke that she would do. But um, but I I love that, and I and I I like the idea of going to see um, you know, theater that can make me feel things, and because mm-hmm. I remember Hamilton, it gave me a lot of hope for the Republic. Mm. You know, remember and, that. Remember that? And I saw it before, I saw it back in Obama. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when I really took the deep dive into it. Mm-hmm. And then since Captain Objob has, has ruined everything, it's been very hard for me to listen to it mm-hmm. because it's so, it's so precarious mm-hmm. and it's so, but it should, my sister saw it yeah. after, like mm-hmm. after. Uh, in the last three or four years, and she was like, "It's incredibly invigorating mm. to see Hamilton now." I think so it's interesting because there's a you know there. It's always interesting when art and the current culture, even though even though when something is locked in, you know, as a as a musical is, yet it can become resonant because of current events. So it's always interesting in Hamilton to see the reaction to the line "Immigrants, we get the job done." Yeah, and I remember. You know, the the first time I saw it, it was like, oh, they, you know, they hey, yeah. nice, nice message. And then after what's his name, you know, yeah. was elected, like it would get an applause break. It yeah, it's just know, the people, cheering. People needed that articulated. Yes, you know that that was that was a catharsis. Yes, yes, and you're like, this is you need to be reminded of how great this yeah. can be. And it's interesting, also in Darren Brown's show, there's a line that I'm I'm pretty sure is meant to. You know, it's it's it, it's meant yeah, it's meant in this way. But it, you know, it's about how you know if if you're it, the, how suggestible people are, and that you know if you're not oh, careful right. to observe, you know how language is used and whatnot, that you know a, a leader can convince you of you know of something that isn't true, something right. like that. And it gets it gets a little bit of a laugh of recognition mm-hmm. now. And you know, uh, I don't. It may not that. have. Yeah, it may not have exactly back in the day. Yeah. Uh, Keith, this has been wonderful. We are at an hour. Oh, my uh, God. You have done uh, the Lord's work here, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> with theater. Because we just, uh, essentially, we took care of two things okay. out of the last, uh, <laughs> out of the great list. So we'll have you back. Oh, it'd be, it'd be um, my, my absolute pleasure. J. Keith Finstrat, you yes, guys, uh, here on the Dork Forest, it's gofactyourpod.com. Mm-hmm. Go fact your pod on Twitter and Instagram and go fact yourself is the name of the podcast Mm -hmm. itself. Wherever you listen to podcasts, Rangers, you know, the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, (laughs) my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay. Oh my God. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?